Welcome to The Science and the Sacred. I'm your host, Sinead Brophy, and in this podcast, we'll cover both the physiology and the spirituality of what it means to be a cyclical being. I'd love to invite you, my health-conscious and spiritually curious friend, to dive deep with me as we embrace the power of cyclical self-care to nourish our minds, bodies, and souls. Welcome to episode two of The Science and the Sacred. So welcome back. I hope you enjoyed episode one (laughs) Um, and are super excited for all of the different topics and content that we're going to be covering. So for episode two, I simply just wanted to introduce myself and kind of explain, you know, how I got into coaching and I guess why I do what I do. Some of you who are listening probably already know me. So hello, welcome. Thank you for listening. (laughs) But for those of you who don't, who are like, who is Sinead? What is she talking about? Why is she here? Um... I just thought I'd tell you a little bit about me and my story. So some of this is going to make sense to some of you and some of it, you know, doesn't make sense and that's fine. We'll be covering these topics later. But, you know, I'm in my early 30s. Um, I'm also a twin, fun fact, uh, a twin brother, which is somewhat kind of forms, I guess, my background of, of kind of what led me to get into women's health. For anyone who's into Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFJ. So I'm an advocate according to the 16 personalities. I'm also a highly sensitive person, for sure. <laughs> Feel a lot of feelings. <laughs> I can get quite overstimulated. For any of my astrology lovers, I am an Aquarius moon, uh, sun and moon. So I was born on a new moon and then I'm an Aries rising. So very interesting mix there. Not a lot of earth in my chart, which is telling. <laughs> uh, definitely find it hard to actually ground down all the ideas I have. And then for anyone who's interested in human design, of which I am obsessed um, I am a 1-3 self-projected projector. So again, as I said, some of that probably sounds like gobbledygook to some of you, but essentially what all of that means, all of those different kind of get to know yourself tools or processes or structures, essentially all of them are saying the same thing and have helped me to learn about myself, what my parents could probably very easily tell you in two seconds, having observed me um, grow up and move through life, is that I am a very imaginative and very creative, cerebral person who loves coming up with ideas to do things. And I love, I absolutely love to really get deep into a topic, which is why I'm forever spending all of my money on courses. But here we are. (laughs) I just really, if I'm going to know something, and especially if I'm going to coach something or teach something, I want to know that topic inside and out. Um, That is just how I like to work. I find that interesting. It excites me to go really deep into a topic. And I also learn by making mistakes. So I really have to experience something through trial and error. You know, I test things out and I really give things a go. And that's how I learn. It's how I improve. Um, It's also how I get to coach from experience. A lot of what I talk about, okay, so not pregnancy and postnatal yet, but trouble around food, burnout, being totally disconnected from your body and living up here in a state of complete stress, menstrual cycle disturbances, all of those things I've actually experienced, you know, working in a corporate world, the stress of that, I've, I've experienced that, which, you know, maybe some other coaches have, maybe some, some others, but for me, I think it's incredibly important to not only be empathetic, but to be able to, to relate to the people that I'm working with and the, the work that I do 
Um, so it comes from a very informed point of view from, I guess, research and learning and qualifications, but also from a lived experience as well. And I think that's incredibly important. And then the final thing is that I care incredibly deeply about what I do. Probably as a business owner, I could be a little bit more detached, but for any of my solopreneurs out there, you know, you start this work or you set up your own business because you want to make a difference and because you want to help people. And really that is what fuels a lot of what I do. You know, I enjoyed my other jobs. I actually really did. But for me, there always felt like there was something missing. And that was kind of my driving factor to move into the, the health and well-being world. The final thing I should say, and I kind of reference this as well, again, for anyone who's a projector or a highly sensitive person, you're like, yes, preach. I burn out so easily, like incredibly easily. It's frustrating. So it's, again, informed me and my approach, because I think actually a lot of us are living us in a very heightened state of stress and kind of chronic stress living on the go the whole time, living in that kind of unconscious or unhealthy masculine, if anyone's familiar with masculine feminine energy. And I've been there and have been there for a large part of my life. And, you know, essentially just moved, hooked that with me as I moved around the different environments, corporate world, gym, working for myself, you know, also as a child and as a teenager, you know, studying through college, all that kind of stuff. And it's again, as I was saying, it's informed me and my approach was just really trying to help people find that kind of middle ground, find that balance. Like I, my goal in life is just to kind of ebb and flow here. Or if I have a really stressful situation, kind of be able to bring myself back to center quite a lot where I used to be over here all the time. And then I go, whoop, and I'd swing to absolute crash and burn out. And then I'd be like, whoop, and I go all the way back. That's not good. So because of those experiences, that I've had repeated, repeatedly in my life, even, you know, I'm relatively young, but I've done it a lot, unfortunately, learning from mistakes, you maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I want to try and stay in that middle ground. And I want to try and help people learn how to support themselves. Again, as I mentioned in the last episode with those four pillars of women's well-being, to build a really solid foundation so that they're more resilient, so that they're able to kind of take the knocks of life and not have to move from one extreme to the other. So yeah, so I guess, you know, as a kid, I loved all this stuff. I was very creative, also very sporty, you know, played, I danced when I was younger. <laughs> and then once I found out that I couldn't do point like straight away, I was like, see you later. <laughs> and then I started doing, um, so I played soccer, I played hockey, you know, lot athletics, played badminton, all that kind of stuff. But hockey and soccer were kind of my main ones. Um, just really liked being, being active. But I was also really into art. Art was my favorite subject. Absolutely loved it. Really liked history as well. Just loved learning about people, you know, like how they like express themselves in the world. That just absolutely fascinated me. Um, and also biology. <laughs> they were like my weird mix of, of subjects that were at the top. I think it was like English biology, English biology, art and history. And so it's all it's all about the people, the person, how we work and how we move through through life. But I was secretly spiritual on the side. So my mum and my granny would have been into angels and, you know, guardian angels and all this sort of stuff. And mum would have had like Deepak Chopra books around the house. And I would have been, I remember buying like a feng shui kit from like Smith. So obviously it wasn't legit, but, you know, I was buying like a Wicca book. I think I was getting out, um, you know, yoga books from the library kind of before you could really, it wasn't that much yoga. I think like there was one class when I was a teenager in my local ga club you know, and it definitely wasn't spiritual. It was way more physical. Um, but I was really interested in all of that. So that's just kind of, I was just intrigued about like what, what this was all about. 
So I've always had this kind of mix within me of, of wanting to know more about that spiritual side of us and how we can kind of connect deeper with ourselves and, and something else bigger than us. But I've also been really interested in the person, the physical world, what's happening with our physical body in the here and now. And yeah, so I actually decided first to go into art history. So I studied history of art and architecture. I actually originally had planned, fun, fun fact, to go into political science. And then my parents kind of, I think knowing me and seeing how much I invested in, in things would probably like, I feel like your heart's going to get broken if you go into that world. Probably a good choice, but then invariably I've just ended up working with people anyway. But uh, they were like, don't get sucked into the system. So just <laughs> doing history of art and architecture. And again, I was really like, whenever it came to the economics and politics, I was like, snooze, don't care, move on, let's go. All I wanted to learn about was the people, how things were changing, you know, women during France in World War One, and how we kind of changed our roles and all this kind of stuff. Very fascinating. Um, wasn't sure where I wanted to go after that, just knew I was interested in this and wanted to study it. So I decided then to go and do a summer with Sotheby's in New York studying art business. Total gamble, you know, really convinced myself I'm not good at maths, not good at business, all that kind of stuff wasn't really my thing. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it because again, business is all about people. It's all about how we engage with them, or at least the business that I'm interested in. So that then kind of set me up in a different direction. I had a choice between going with a very large auction house and going with a large multinational corporation. And I went with the consulting firm, just really wanted to get a bigger exposure to, to business. And sorry, I should say I ended up going on and doing a business master's and my research in that area, the business master's, which essentially was a PhD. Um, it's very big. My supervisor was like, you're going to have to put all of that in the appendix. But I just loved it. It was very interesting. And it was looking at how art was sold. And um, again, at that stage, it was a very new concept. It's very common now, but at the time it was completely new. So I was trying to understand people's relationships with, with how that might work. What sort of art they might buy online would be big pieces, different types of user behaviours. Quite fascinating. And I was like, no, I'll go into the general business world to get more of experience in that and kind of then figure out what I want to do afterwards. And while I was doing that, and I guess through my, my teenage years as well, somewhere along the line, I picked up the really annoying trait of perfectionism, which on the surface might sound like a good thing because you're like, oh, you're detail orientated and, you know, everything's always finished to a high execution. But in reality, it's completely paralyzing, like completely paralyzing. I held myself back from so many things because I was terrified. I was terrified of failing, terrified of making a mistake. Again, any human design people out there, I've got a three in my profile. That's literally how I learn. I learn by making mistakes, but I was terrified of it. That ended up resulting in, I would strongly suggest, or suppose that that was a contributing factor to me having an eating disorder. So for a large part of my teenagers and my kind of early adult years, I was very much struggling. <laughs> so in and out of therapy and, you know, everything in my life on the surface was great no complaints but on the inside I was a mess really really struggling no sense of self-worth really caught up in my appearance how I looked my weight movement and exercise changed from something doing that I loved because it was fun I liked being competitive I liked playing sports to it all being about how I looked getting smaller and at that stage um heroin chic was in literally heroin chic size I'm kind of medium to muscular and I tend to put on muscle easily and I you know had bigger thighs and you know definitely was not falling into this quote-unquote thin ideal 
it just completely spiraled and carried that on into the corporate world as well. So in hindsight, probably wasn't a great environment for me to go into because you're just going into the super high pressurized environment where, you know, you get promoted based on like the plus one activities that you're doing and, and all this kind of stuff, and how visible you are and everything. So I just threw myself into it. Now, learned a huge amount. The people were great, had a great time. <laughs> From a, a work ethic point of view, it, it really kind of just fed that flame of perfectionism and um, feeling that my whole worth was tied up in my achievements, what I do, all that kind of stuff. Invariably, I got sick, my mental health suffered, and I completely got disconnected from my body. Like, I mean, completely, really just totally dropped all of that more kind of feminine, spiritual side of myself, became very interested in just kind of succeeding getting ahead, really understanding and analyzing and like really going into the kind of masculine side. And it was an unhealthy masculine. And I went away traveling, which was a great decision. I was like, I need a break. I was working crazy hours. I was with like India and then Ireland during the day. And then, you know, at night I was trying not to get sucked in by America. But invariably you just be on a very poor boundary. So, so I was actually getting sucked in, not saying no. And that experience and I was like right I'm going to try something different and I went to a startup which was actually really fun environment was way more my sort of vibe a lot more collaborative less hierarchical more sort of um flat based in uh, flat based corporation great crack really interesting I was working as a product manager that was kind of the area that I worked in love still love that love that aspect of my business thing but again I was like something's something's missing I was like I don't know what it is the challenge of this but something's missing I don't feel great like we're just selling stuff to people on AdWords you know there has to be something more while I was in this job um I was training in a gym called fitter faster stronger it was actually what kind of reintroduced me back into exercise and strength training in particular just being about getting stronger and getting strong inside and outside and not being about aesthetics and not being about weight loss and not being about okay so yes putting on muscle you know that's when I first started training there that was my I wasn't happy with how my physical body looked I felt totally disconnected to it I hadn't been looking after it in any way shape or form so I wanted to look better but really again upon reflection what I actually wanted to do was feel better in myself I wanted to feel like me again and I didn't feel like me again but through diet culture conditioning I thought that was me changing my physical experience and then I'd feel happier but what it actually gave me was an experience of being stronger and connecting back and getting into something that I didn't really realize I had that level of resilience. And so while I was there, I was working these jobs, an opportunity came up where the gym was doing an academy to train as a personal trainer. Now I'd already done an animal flow course, which is a style of movement, um, and I was really interested in it. And I was away for a weekend with one of the girls and one of my best friends. And I kind of mentioned something about it. And she was like, you would be amazing she was like I just can totally see you being a coach she's like I think you'd be brilliant you're so approachable you know you really love it all this kind of stuff and secretly I'd actually wanted to do it I hadn't shared this with her but I was deep down like I really want to do it again projector this was my invitation and I was like you know what I'm going to do it so I for six months over the summer uh while I was working working a full-time job studied signed up to the course was you know turning up on weekends kind of doing these workshops and I qualified as a personal trainer and as a fitness coach and they had an opportunity for an internship it was unpaid I was like I really want to give this a go I really want to see and around the same time I was actually getting promotion and work so I was like look 
how about you pay me the same, but I actually work less hours because I really want to do this thing. And that was it, really. So I spent probably about a year, it was a year, kind of 18 months, I can't quite remember, um, double jobbing. So that was, again, absolutely amazing that actually everyone was totally cool with it. And, you know, it was very transparent and everything worked out. But I was going in and I was coaching people in the morning, coming to work then, I'd say like 11 to 12, working until whatever time, and then maybe doing a client or a class or two um, in the evening. I started my own mobility classes in the gym. And then I got to a point where I was kind of earning enough that I was like, right, I just give this a go. And while I was there, and I actually remember writing this in my internship kind of application, or you had to do this kind of self-assessment thing. It was like, where do you want to see yourself in five years? I was like, I want to be talking about menstrual cycle health. I'd kind of gotten interested in people training with their menstrual cycle. It was a very new concept. This was like 2018. And again, like in social media, it was still pretty, pretty new. There wasn't that much being spoken about it. And I was like, that's what I want to be doing. So through that, I got really, I was trained as a pregnancy and postnatal coach. I did the Dr. Stacey Sims course, um, Women Are Not Small Men. And I just really started to learn more and more and more about women's bodies. And for me, it was game changing. I completely reviewed what it meant to be a woman. And I think up until that point, I hadn't really realized, but I was actually very biased towards being a woman I was like we got dealt the shit hand you know I had a twin brother I was in a mixed school I had a lot of friends who were who were guys and I was like we get our periods our moods change with our hormones like we can't train the same I was just like this you know doesn't make sense like the world is set up like you don't have to give birth like you know especially when I was in the corporate world I was looking at these people and I was kind of saying it I remember to one of my friends and there was like I was like let's imagine we got together I was like we're progressing we're progressing we're progressing I was like we have a kid i.e. I have a kid and then I'm here and you keep going and then I've got to go I was like the whole system's flawed I was like what if you want to take time off and look after kids I was just so I really had this whole view where I was like we are just delta shit hands it's like I didn't look out on this one but it was only through learning about pregnancy and postnatal and our menstrual cycles that I was like holy moly we're amazing it's like our bodies are class I was like we grow a human it's like we grow a human and the whole idea is that there's that potentiality for complete creation like literally a human it's like that's amazing so and then again when I started to understand what was going on in my menstrual cycle I was like oh this makes way more sense I was like I actually just have really bad symptoms I was like I just need to learn how to manage my symptoms better I started tracking my cycle more in depth I started tracking with an app first looking at my temperature you know then I started learning about cervical mucus all this sort of stuff was learning how to kind of change my training, make sure I was fueling my training enough. I was 100% under fueling, over training, completely stressed. Needless to say, on the surface, my cycles looked normal. They were like 28 days. But once I started looking at uh, kind of tracking cervical mucus and also tracking my temperature, I was like, whoa, my luteal phase is like seven days long, way below the threshold of 10 days. And ideally, really, just that should be 12 to 14. So I started to really work on looking after my body. Um, and that's kind of where the four pillars of well-being came out of that, that sort of experience. So I really started to make sure I was eating enough, making sure I was fueling my training. At the time I had a whoop, I was seeing how much strain I was under because I was on my feet all day coaching and then I was going to work, you know, doing all this sort of stuff. I was doing pregnancy postnatal coaching. I was doing classes. I was doing mobility classes. I was constantly on the go and I definitely was not eating up. And then I was expecting myself to turn around and like absolutely smash out this crazy hard session that I built myself. Like it was not, it was what's going to happen. So I really just kind of scaled everything back. And I 
again, around this time, had a kind of, I guess, relapse or a flare up of my eating disorder again. So I had to go back um, to therapy. And again, this was all tied up with the idea of being a coach and having to look a certain way and yada, yada, yada. And kind of thinking that people only really wanted to come for weight loss. And, and then that's when I was just like, this isn't my vibe at all. I was like, I don't want to help people just come and, you know, shred down to whatever percent body fat. Not that I was getting clients like that anyway. You know, I was getting people because... I think just energetically speaking, people knew that that wasn't my vibe. I was very much into making sure that it was about feeling good, like nourishing yourself, getting strong, looking after your heart health, all that kind of stuff. And as I was saying, this all of this kind of experience started to um, inform those four pillars. You know, I started to apply those four pillars to myself, but the one that was missing was the um, soothe yourself, the self-care, the spirituality. And it was through therapy, which is why I brought it up, that she actually was trying to get me to do somatic practices, like hugging yourself, which now I'd have absolutely no problem. Like, sure, I jump around the face after having a cup of tea. You know, I'm so comfortable with being in my body. So, so disconnected that I couldn't actually be tender to myself. I couldn't, I couldn't try and feel where my emotions were in my body. And when she'd ask me to do it, I'd be like, no, you have gone too far. Like, basically, I'm, I'm pretty sure I told her to F off one time. I was like, absolutely not. We're not doing this no like I was so up here in my head was not down in my body in any way shape or form and it was through working with her and then around that time as well and um, obviously we we're, were locked down it was in COVID uh, or during COVID I should say the pandemic and I was coaching more and more online I was coaching a lot more mobility online and I was like this is great it's like I love not being in a place mad errors like I was like I love this I was like this is way easier I kept it on my clients most of them moved online so I was like this I was like this is totally my vibe I was like this is great where you know it was much more on my own terms uh, energy was way better and I started to move into more of this kind of spiritual self-care stuff I was doing more kind of yoga style flows than just pure mobility style stuff and on my 30th birthday which was during lockdown I signed up for this I think it was like a self-love meditation workshop and um, my birthday is on valentine's day so it was kind of a 30th birthday gift for myself um for like a valentine's day thing and i went on a journey it's the only way i can describe it i literally like went out of my body and saw these crazy visuals completely connected with all these different energy centers again now i know what chakras are and i'm seeing all these different colors um, and i kind of just rediscovered it's like i just kind of opened the door to that old teenage self the old kid who was like totally into all of the spiritual stuff. And then since then, that's just developed and developed and developed. Um, I had decided to learn about fertility awareness. I really wanted to understand how to understand my body, both for myself, but also for my clients on a much deeper level. So I did a fertility awareness course, really helping people to understand how to track their menstrual cycles, um, build a, a health record, identify when they're fertile, when they're not fertile. And again, that feeds in so beautifully with obviously what I'm doing, but the pregnancy and postnatal side of things as well. So I kind of had this whole like life cycle in my head of women's health. And I was like, we're class. And then, as I was saying, dropped in this beautiful spiritual practice. And um, I came across menstrual cycle awareness. I was reading the book Red School. This was all kind of around the same time um, as when I signed up for the meditation course, Red Maisie's Hill's book, Maisie Hill's book, Period Power again, kind of weaved in the fertility awareness with more of the um, kind of spiritual side. 
the energetics of menstrual cycle awareness of these inner seasons that we experience. And I was like, boom, this is it. And then I just decided to start working in that area. So I started doing talks about menstrual cycle health, aged pain with your menstrual cycle. I ended up going out on my own. Then I set up my own business. So Goats Flow Coaching. And it's kind of taken me, took me a little bit of a while to figure out my exact vibe. You know, I went back and retrained as a yoga teacher because again, that was something that I really wanted to do when I was a kid. And then as I got older, everyone's like, it's so oversaturated. Dublin, there's way too many yoga teachers. Don't do it. And I just decided I was going to do it for myself. It's something I wanted to bring in. The meditation side of things and the spiritual side of things had been that last missing piece for me to feel complete and to feel whole and really supported. And it helped me support the other areas of my health and well-being. And I wanted to be able to offer that to clients. And that's been that's been kind of it. You know, now I do cacao circles, I do women's circles. And sometimes it can be hard to meet. So anyone who's, you know, working for, themsel- for themselves or works in marketing, because I do cover all of these different areas, sometimes it can be hard to sell. And also it's not sexy, as in like everyone, you know, people just want to see the like transformation photos. And that's just absolutely not my vibe. Did a course with Joe O'Brien, if anyone follows him, he's absolutely fantastic. Head first called Health Psychology for Health Professionals, which basically just kind of validated everything that I kind of intuitively knew about coaching and we are essentially blessed with this opportunity where we're the first point of contact for people before maybe they, they go down a path with disordered eating and we can help change that and I took that very seriously as a nutrition coach but also as a as a coach as a personal trainer and now as a yoga teacher where I really want everything to be about helping people feel good again having gone through that experience of it all being about how I looked and that being the only thing that mattered. It took so much time and energy and stopped me doing things that I love. I didn't wear shorts until I was 30. Like, like I, may, I did, but I hated it. I really struggled with it. You know, I wear it for sports, but like, that's it. Like, that's, 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 that's hard for me to comprehend now. So I really just want to help change the narrative around health and well-being, specifically for women because I think we're totally misinformed about how our bodies work. Uh, we aren't really given the opportunity to, to learn that. It's why I go into schools and teach this sort of stuff. Um, I think there's an incredible amount of pressure for us to look a certain way and that changes with the wind. You know, all one time it's it's thin and it's kind of wafy and next it's like you need to be curvy and next it's you need to be jacked and have a six pack. And it's like, what? So just whether your body falls into that body type at a time, like you know that's that's the ideal and I've only mentioned the ideal that I've lived through that's not talking about like pre-Raphaelite vibes it's not talking about the 1920s you know it's not talking about any of the historical ideals throughout history this is literally talking about those 30 years that I've been been alive on this earth that's insane you know like that pressure that we feel the whole time and what really upsets me is that the health and well-being industry has kind of just been taken over by like the marketing world for to sell us all the idea that we're inadequate and that we're not good enough which is absolute bullshit and sorry yes I will sometimes curse on this podcast just if little ones are around but like it's a load of it's a load of bs like it's just to get us to buy more stuff and to make us feel bad about ourselves so that we keep buying more stuff and that is why I really fundamentally believe that gyms yoga studios health coaches influencers like Anyone who is in an area that informs people 
either directly or indirectly about their health and well-being has a responsibility to actually educate themselves about how what we say impacts people and the I guess wide-reaching impact that diet culture has on all of us and how we equate health to a certain weight or body ideal when actually health is so much more well-being is so much more it's so multifaceted it's not just one thing and it's not just one thing for one person as I was saying that can sometimes be really hard to sell but that's what I'm here for <laughs> that's my vibe that's what I want to do I'm still working away at really building out different ways to help different people but I love my work I love that I get to see people make what seems on the surface really simple changes that has a huge impact on their on their lives and um, that's that's what gets me up in the morning every day and um, you know helping people see movement as something that's good not only for their bodies but for their minds for their souls going for a hike outside walking the dog doing yoga going for a sea swim now I'm a sea dipper I'm not a sea swimmer full disclosure <laughs> that that sort of stuff you know it doesn't have to be punishing ruling exercises we will be talking in another episode about kind of the recommendations around activity and you know particularly so resistance training in some form or another is is highly recommended just for bone health muscle health you know mobility especially as we we age but like besides from that it's just doing some sort of moderate activity that could be pole dancing that could be anything so we'll be talking more about that but I just think there's a huge disservice to a lot of women out there um, about what we've been fed about the health and well-being world and then what we've been informed about our bodies you know many of us don't understand how our bodies work how our menstrual cycle works how our reproductive cycle or our reproductive hormones work they don't understand the idea of masculine feminine energy they don't understand the idea of living constantly in this unhealthy masculine this go 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 they don't understand how our hormones change and how we are cyclical beings in comparison to men men can also be cyclical beings with regards to feeling the seasons of the year and feeling the moon cycle but you know as women with menstrual cycles we actually have this kind of cycle that happens approximately kind of every month obviously that's you know a, a very averaged ballpark figure there but it's incredibly important to recognize that and to actually learn and reframe all of those things as strengths, not as weaknesses. And that for me was absolutely huge. And it is infused in everything that I do. All of these things are not limitations. Actually understanding how our bodies work and understanding how to work with our bodies, that's where the strength comes. And that's where we will find our power. So yeah, <laughs> that is my somewhat long-winded story about how I got into this work and why I do what I do. But I hope that that just gives you a flavor of I guess the experiences that I've had, the, I guess, different lives and different hats that I've worn and kind of still wear, and maybe giving you permission to realize that we don't have to have it all sorted out. We can't be perfect. You know, all or nothing thinking doesn't work. Perfectionism doesn't work. Actually, most of us are just looking for trying to find that middle ground, to find some sense of balance, balance to, to find some sense of wholeness within ourselves and fulfillment within ourselves. And that's really all I wish for all of us. <laughs> so, yes, if you liked this episode, give it a like, give it a share. As always, you can find more about me and say, get in touch with me at Go With The Flow Coaching and my Instagram handle. And you can also find more information about what I do on my website, gowiththeflowcoaching.com. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. And next 
episode, we will be talking. The interview is going to be with <laughs> don't worry I'll be getting actual other people for uh, the, the other months but for this month the first month it's going to be all about me and I'm going to be talking about the four pillars in, in protect and how maybe you might bring that in to your life or maybe do a bit of a self-assessment and I do have a free ebook where you can go and kind of do your own self-assessment on these four different areas and then turn that into some sort of structured plan for yourself to support your health and well-being so that's going to be next episode so i hope you join me for that and you listen in as always thank you so so much for listening to today's episode 